Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Free UC with 2600 Hertz podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Bartash, and I am back in action once again to bring you an exciting new episode. On here with me today, for the very first time, is my new co-host, Clint. As mentioned in our last episode, we're switching things up a bit this year and want to make sure that the podcast is a little more interactive for you. And we'll also be covering topics that will help you grow your business. We'll also be doing some interesting myth busting in an upcoming episode. And trust me, that one you definitely don't want to miss. Today we'll be talking about pricing and packaging, why having a compelling pricing strategy is super important, the key factors that you should consider when either you're creating or if you're updating your pricing strategy, best practices for choosing a pricing strategy, and so much more. Clint is actually an expert on this topic, and I know he has a ton of really great information to share today, but before we get into it, Clint, why don't you say hi to our audience? Hey, everybody. Really excited to be on the podcast and uh, really looking forward to our chat today. Great. Me too. So why don't we dive right in? Of course, pricing and packaging is really, really important to everyone's short-term and long-term business success. Creating a compelling pricing strategy will not only boost profitability, but it's also a really important important way to demonstrate your value-added proposition to your potential customers. And of course, it's also one of the main ways that you bring in revenue. And so you need to balance the revenue that you bring in with all of your business expenses so that ultimately in the end, you come out ahead. Now, Clint, um, I know that there are four key factors that our listeners should consider either when they're creating or updating their pricing strategy. Can you dive into that for us? Sure, happy to. So the first thing that you want to keep in mind is your competition. You want to know what the competitive landscape is in order to understand what your potential clients might be offered. And that'll also give you a way to figure out how to differentiate yourself from the competition. You want to know the sorts of pricing and packaging that your direct competition is offering, but you also want to avoid directly copying that because that sort of direct like for like copying is really just going to lead to a race to the bottom bidding war where you're not really offering any value there. You're just offering the lowest price. Another element of knowing the competitive landscape is also understanding what your customers aren't being offered. So finding gaps in the current market and really honing in on those and putting together a really specialized offering. Um, For example, we have a client who focuses primarily on retail restaurant and store chains. And so there's, they recognize a big gap in the market because a Domino's is only going to have maybe one to three devices per location. So there's not a ton of opportunity for revenue at one location, but because there's thousands of total locations, the idea of being put together like a really, really specialized offering that works for them 
that each individual store isn't going to bring in a ton of revenue, but collectively you can have a ton of revenue coming in because it's such a specialized offering and you really set yourself apart in the competitive landscape that way. That's a really great example, Clint. Um, you know, because I think sometimes people forget that you're not always doing an apples to apples comparison. So, you know, looking at your individual customers and trying to fill in any gaps of things that your competitors might not offer or ways that they might not be packaging their offering could really be beneficial for you. Yeah, exactly. And it's really a way to just keep it simple on your side. You don't need to try to win every potential customer. You don't need to try to put together hundreds of different packaging options. You can just have one really focused area that you work on and an offering for that area and just being really, really great in that one particular niche market. So speaking of offering great value, value is actually the next factor that is important to consider when you are creating or updating your pricing strategy. With value, you always want to be selling based on value, not on a price. And so if you're selling on just the price, just the lowest price, you're not going to really have any brand loyalty. You're not going to have any stickiness with your customer. But if you focus instead not on offering the lowest price, but on offering the best value for your customer's dollar, your customer is going to build up a sense of loyalty with you and they would be less likely to jump ship for a competitor that comes in and undercuts your price. Absolutely. And one quick thing to add to that is, and this is a little bit more from a marketing perspective rather than, you know, a true sales and pricing perspective, but going along with the idea of selling based on the value versus the price, also keep in mind when you're talking to customers and when you're putting information on your website or creating different pieces of sales collateral. This also kind of goes back to the concept of features versus benefits selling because, you know, everyone has this, can say that they have the same features, but a lot of times no one is really talking about the actual benefit to the customer of having those features and the benefit of going with your service versus your competitors. So just wanted to throw that in there. It's kind of along the same lines. Um, and also something that would might be helpful as you're talking with prospective customers. But going back to talking about the value of your product and the benefit to your customers of your product can be much more powerful than just strictly talking about either price and, you know, features. Yeah, definitely. Can't agree any more on that, Elisa. And especially, like, if we think just about the kazoo platform, like there are benefits there and it is a value add. So something like it is a truly geo redundant solution. So what you would be selling your customers is a communication stack that is reliable, secure, and works seamlessly across all their devices. Absolutely. So another factor, third factor for you to be considering when putting together a pricing strategy which seems obvious, but profitability. It's really important for you to know and maintain your margins 
at all points of the sales cycle. And so you always want to have it front of mind what your costs are, including your day-to-day operating costs, your ongoing customer support, in order to put together a pricing model that's going to allow you to be profitable from day one. So while it might seem tempting to offer a huge all-in-one package or a really low rate to get a customer in the door to build a portfolio, if you're not profitable from the get-go, you're going to run into issues fairly quickly. You also want to always have upgrade paths in order to avoid stagnation. You don't want a customer to sign on entry-level base package and they're there for, you know, two years and then they go to another provider that's going to give them a lower rate. So when we talk about upgrade paths, there's um, there's a number of ways to do that. But what you, you always want to be have options to upsell your clients. And so it's really important to fully understand the array of services provided by 2600 Hertz. So we offer a full suite of UC apps that are available to resellers and they don't need to all be offered free. So you can offer something like a VoIP phone plus voicemail as kind of an entry level package and you don't need to necessarily add on their eFax or Duo integration. You can sort of save those and have those be upgrade paths, whether they're part of a tiered packaging or as just sort of one-off a la carte items. So, you know, client has a VoIP phone and voicemail, but wants to start doing video conferences. So rather than lumping in a web phone just with their base product, use that as an opportunity to upsell them on that, say $5 per device for the web phone, $7 per device for web phone and conference bridge. And in that way, you're voiding your account stagnation because your customers have, you're, you're continuing to bring value to your customers. You're telling, you're solving their problems without sort of dumping a large group of apps on them that they may or may not take the time to explore. So that brings us from profitability to our last key factor to keep in mind, which is scalability. And this is tied to the idea of upgrade paths. And so one approach that can tie all these other factors in together is to have a pricing model that scales. So building out specific tiers that meet your customers where they are, but provide support for them as they grow in the future. And so doing the front end work to put together this sort of tiered or scalable pricing model from the beginning is going to pay benefits down the line because you're really going to shorten your sales cycle by standardizing your pricing into a sales pitch that you can repeat over and over and over again to potential clients. And in terms of profitability, you know prior to putting together this sort of scalable model that you know what 2600 Hertz's prices are. So keeping profitability in mind, keeping your competition in mind, as well as wanting to sell your offering as a value add service to your customers 
you can build out these different segments, these different tiers that allow your offering to grow and to develop with your customers as their businesses grow and develop. Definitely. And I think scalability is a really good one to point out because it's something that if you really put the forethought into and you make sure that your pricing model can be tiered and easily scalable, it's a really it can be a really easy way for you to upsell your clients and um, to easily support them as they grow and of course as they grow they add new employees or they add a new location that's a great opportunity for your business to grow and making it easy for them to scale is another value add in their mind because you're making it super easy for them to grow and you know that's what it all comes down to in the end you want to help them grow because in turn, then that helps you grow. And by putting in the time and effort in the beginning when you are creating your pricing model or updating your pricing model to make it easily scalable, you're really helping not only to set yourself up for success, but also your customers. Because when they grow, they're helping you to grow. So I think that's a really good one that might often be overlooked by people as they're putting together a pricing model because it's usually something that you would think about later on once one of your customers comes back to you and is is growing and needs to scale. So I think that's a really great point and um, definitely something to keep in mind as you're creating or updating your pricing model. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Elisa. And the great thing is that it's all organic growth. Here. You're growing with your customers as they're growing, and these sorts of scalable models just bake that growth into them from day one. So you can really be focused on supporting your customers, supporting your clients, and then when they come to you, you have a tailor-made, instant, ready-to-turn-back-to-them pitch for them on what more you can offer. Definitely. And this kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is choosing a pricing strategy because there are different types of strategies and depending on which strategy you decide to go with, you know, making sure that you keep in mind that idea of scalability will be really important. And you can do that with either of the pricing strategies that I know you're going to talk about. So, can you tell us a little bit about the different pricing strategies and maybe some of the pros and cons of each of them? Sure, happy to. So um, the two major pricing strategies are gonna be either a per device plan or a per user plan. And so when you're putting together, when you're thinking through how you want to, how you wanna package, what sort of pricing strategy you want, it's really important to have two things top of mind. So you wanna be thinking about your agreement with 2600 Hertz. Like, are you on a per device plan with us? Are you on a per user plan with us? Are you on a plan where you're playing minutes? How is, you know, how are all of these things balancing out? And you also wanna have the overall ratio of users to devices across your entire client portfolio in mind. 
So it's important to keep in mind your agreement with 2600 Hertz so that you can make your own billing process easier on you. So it wouldn't make sense to pay a have a per device agreement with 2600 Hertz, but then be billing your customers per user. It would sort of muddle everything up and make it a lot more complicated for you when um, it doesn't really need to be. So keeping that in mind, as well as the ratio of users to devices across your entire client portfolio. And the really important thing to keep in mind here is that's over your entire portfolio. It's not your largest or your most valuable or your most profitable client, but you want to try to figure out what that ratio is across every client that you have. And the reason for that is there's opportunities there to be profitable over your entire portfolio, while on particular accounts, you might be losing a bit of revenue. So an example would be you could have a customer that has a two users per device ratio, but if you factor in all your other clients, it still makes sense to do a per device pricing plan. So on that client, you might lose, you might, your revenue could diminish from say $20 a seat to $15 a seat. But by choosing a per device pricing plan across your entire portfolio, other clients kind of can balance that ratio out if that is indeed the correct plan to go with for your portfolio. So then you're able to not only sell this particular client on a per device plan that seems obviously to their benefit if they have more users to plan to devices you're also so you're able to make that sale to them that pitch to them knowing that the lost revenue there is going to be balanced out by other clients and so keeping those two things in mind, the other thing too, which just, just to hit on again, because it's super important, is that regardless of if you're doing per user or per device, you always, always want to have upgrade paths in your offering. So if you give them multiple upgrade paths, so whether it's a scalable model, you know, they come in at a base level or a bronze plan, and then can upgrade to say a silver tier and then a gold tier, each of those obviously having a higher per user or per device price with additional features. Or if you want to have kind of an a la carte one-off add-on fee of you know $5, you're demonstrating value because you're showing that you're flexible and you're showing that you can have these sort of preset, hey, you're doing great on bronze, silver upgrades you and offers you this amount of support. So you're you're showing them that you can help them plan for their future. Or with a la carte, you're also saying, tell me what you need and I will provide it to you. I will put together the package that you need to get you where you need to be. I'm glad you went into some depth about the various different pricing models because I feel like a lot of the articles I read and a lot of just the information that's out there talks a lot about and really seems to speak a little more highly of a per user model, but it, like you said, it's really not a one size fits all type of thing. Um, you know, looking at all the different factors that go into, you know, what 
you're paying per month will really help you determine if a per device model is best for you, a per user model is best for you. And then also, of course, taking into consideration that element of the scalability, like you mentioned, where, you know, is it better to have a la carte add-ons versus more of a tiered growth strategy? So those are all really great points. And, you know, when it comes to the scalability aspect of your pricing strategy, there are some ways that we've heard our customers get really creative and upsell their customers. You know, if you really put some thought into it, you can create something that your customers might not even known that they needed, but would be a huge upsell opportunity for you. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And we actually, I just heard this great example of one of our resellers who's offering what they're calling a remote health package. And they really took all of the upheaval of the past year, all of the flux that everybody was in and businesses found themselves in and really got creative and rose to the moment. So what they did with their remote health package is offered their customers an ability to make their systems remote to move from all in office to all work from home last year. And as part of that, what they did was they put together packages, which included um, hard phones for each of their customers, employees who were moving home. So instead of packaging a offering a web phone, they actually gave them an actual phone. And so when the customers upgraded, or added upgraded to this remote health package, or they added new seats, our reseller shipped them phones to their homes. And so they're able to get a lot of traction across their portfolio and really added a ton of revenue and a value to their customers because their customers weren't having to sort out, well, how do we get a hundred of our employees' phones from their office to their house plugged in how they need them? They took that whole logistics step out of the equation for all their customers and really rose to the moment and said, like, hey, we're, you know, as your UC provider, we're going to step in here and rise to the challenge and help you transition to remote work. And in doing so, they added a ton of revenue. That's awesome. I mean, that's a very timely example. And they were also helping their customers make the transition, which you know, was difficult for a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, You know, so it's great that they were able to help their customers by making the transition easier for them. So definitely ways you can get creative if you put your mind to it, um, I think is the moral of the story. And I know that we've shared a ton of information with everyone so far today. Um, And, you know, we don't want to ever leave you empty handed in case you didn't take notes while we were talking. um, Clint has actually taken the time to put a lot of this information into a PDF that you can download so that you can keep it handy as a reference. Um, We'll actually link to it in the show notes. And that's all we have for you this time. But as always, let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover or a guest you'd like us to talk to. You can reach us by sending us an email at marketing at 2600hertz.com or feel free to DM us on either Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And while you're at it, 
don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to us so you don't miss our next episode coming soon. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.